Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Previously on the Prince Kai Fan Pod, Cinder walks up and Thorn is on the ledge. And Lavana's like, I hate you. I'm going to use Thorn. <laughs> Your mother burned me. End of chapter. Okay, so this week we are in chapter 89. We're in Cinder's perspective. I really like how this starts off that the word mother is foreign to her ears because she's never experienced the concept. What an unusual way to start a chapter that's in the middle of the epic final climactic battle. Because also I feel like it's valid, very valid. And it's a very interesting perspective for Marissa to go in that direction because we could have just ignored that line and we didn't. So now we have this like way that Lavana is like toying with her. She's like, I'm exhausted. I'm not even going to use my glamour because I'm so tired. And she's got Thorn on the ledge and she's like, uh-uh, if you're mean, I'm mean and I'm going to kill your friend. And then she's like, and your mom was mean to me. And it's like all of this kind of feels like Lavana is just like, you know, I don't know. If I were a spender, I would I would look at this and be like, mm, Lavana's fine. She's trying to like make me let my guard down. She's trying to make me not try as hard. She's fine. Because she knows Cinder ha- didn't have a mother and probably knows right. about her relationship with Audrey. Um, and she's oh. like, Cinder's like, how could this, how could her own mother, who's, who's supposedly your mother, supposed to be very caring, right? And, you know, loving, could do this to their own sister? Um, and, you know, it's interesting. We talked about it a lot when we were covering Ferris that Channery had very little care or for anyone she was she completely disregarded Lavana, but also everyone around her she couldn't care less about anyone um their feelings yeah, but... their their physical space their anything but when she had a daughter when she had Celine Celine was still yeah. raised a spoiled rotten princess but Channery like somehow found her inner her inner motherhood when she she went through like a motherhood awakening yeah I was gonna say that like Lavana at one point said like mentioned how she um what's the word how shannery didn't always make maids take care of cinder how she would hold her yeah um and everything and and that was uncommon because when shannery and lavana grew up they were just like thrown to the maids and yeah it was like go go get raised by the nannies yeah yeah um so like she does have that I'm incorrect in saying, oh, this the mother is supposed to be caring because she was. She was caring to her daughter only and, like, caring yeah. to everyone else, I guess. But she wasn't caring to Cinder because she died. And that's not her fault. I think that there's an interesting dynamic here because the reason that Cinder doesn't have the experience of a mother is because Channery died when she was three years old. The rumor is that Lavana killed Channery so she could be queen. Now, we as the reader know that Lavana did not kill Channery. That's like the one person she wasn't involved in killing, right? It was her and Solstice. But does Cinder know that? I don't know. Or does Cinder believe the rumors that does Cinder believe the rumors that Lavana killed Channery so she could be queen? Yeah. Do you think it was because she was too afraid to kill her? I think she was 100% too afraid to kill her. The Lavana that was willing to kill her niece is not the same Lavana that would have been able to kill Channery. The main reason I think that she was able to kill her niece is because she was queen, right? Channery yeah. died. And Lavana became queen. She was only going to be queen until Celine was of age, but she became queen. She was queen. She saw what it was like to have that kind of power and that kind of respect and that kind of nobility. She saw what she could do for her country, for her, quote, planet. She saw, like, the future. She had all these plans and all these visions and all these, this, you know, strategies that she had in her head. She saw a future for Luna that she thought would be better if she were at the helm and in order to get that she would have to get rid of Celine. 
Now, had Channery been queen and Lavana never stepped into that role, she may never have been given those opportunities and she wouldn't have had that same desire. Because we didn't really see her have a strong desire to be queen until Channery died. She was annoyed that Channery didn't take the job seriously, but we didn't see Lavana constantly like trying to participate or anything. That's true, because she didn't have that power yet. and that Right, or the respect um, or the authority. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she was the ugly also, sister, right? She was the ugly princess of Artemisia. Yeah, and with that, I wonder if, like, that's supposed to reference the ugly duckling story, except it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really make sense, because the ugly duckling turned into, like, a beautiful swan, and I don't know, probably not. <laughs> Probably reading too much into it. I mean, you could definitely read into that a little bit if you want. That that this is the fact that this is sort of the ugly duckling story, but she's kind of the opposite, right? Because she forced herself to get pretty. You know what I mean? Like, the ugly duckling was, it was a natural progression. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the duckling was good. Or it's supposed to signify, I guess, the the beauty in a person's personality or something? Yeah, yeah. Because that's, like, the moral of the story, right? Is don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely don't judge Lavana, Or she'll kill you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just I also straight like up. How, <laughs> also like how um, uh, Lavana mentions how good they are and like at their their power, their their glamour, and she says it's in our blood. It, it kind of explains why like Cinder is so good at her gift with the amount of training she had. Um, it's kind of like the main characters who just get suddenly good at, like, some sort of hidden power that they have. Um, But I guess it makes sense for Cinder if, like, she's part of the, um, what's what's their name? The Blackburn family. Like, that line. Yeah, it's it's Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I, I like that line a lot. I don't know why I just did. Yeah, and I think that there's, like, and we can move on. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think that there's a dynamic here where we see this, um, their blood, you know, there's that stereotype, not stereotype, there's that superstition. There's the superstition that if the Blackburn family is not on the throne, then the lunar people will lose their gifts. And there's that superstition because the very first person to ever have the gift was a Blackburn. And so ever since then, they've been in charge. I want to know, scientifically, do they really have that much better with their gift just because of their blood? And the reason I say this is because Winter was born to a guard and a seamstress and was amazing with her gift before she stopped using it. They even made comments about it. Like, it was a big deal how good she was with her gift. So, I want to know how much truth there is to it, that it's just because of your bloodline, you know? It could be, like, I guess you can say it's genetics in a way, because we know guards are typically very weak in their power. Um... But that's based on because they were chosen to be yeah, guards, yeah. right? Yeah, so I'm saying, like, her her father had very weak powers. Uh, we don't know how much, how strong her solstice power was. Yeah. It could have been very strong, could have been normal. Um, but I would, that would, that's interesting to think about how Winter, like, genetically, I guess, got her powers. It's also with, like, shells. Like, shells mm-hmm. just they're born without powers it's just a trait that they that they receive there's a lot of um, yeah i was gonna say there's a lot of scientific there's a lot of room for studies and research on the science 
of lunarism, like what causes these traits, what causes the deficiency in those traits. And, you know, it's probably the same as there is with humans where there's, for whatever reason, there's the dominant genes and the dominant. Yeah. The dominant gene and the recessive recessive. I was like, it's something with an R, you know, it's the same with um, people who have red hair. You know, that's one of the largest minorities in the world. It can can it skip? Um, I think it can skip generations. Quentin did a whole because Quentin has red hair. Quentin did a whole huge research project on it because it is technically a race. By the way, it's two percent. Two percent of the entire world's population has red hair, so a hundred million people ish. But there are medical sort of deficiencies associated with red hair they have a higher melanoma risk for like skin cancers and stuff they have a vitamin d deficiency they have anesthesia sensitivity so they're like they need like twice as much anesthesia as a normal person not a normal person but you know a a a typical person of the same background and age and everything they need twice as much anesthesia same with um like pain medication for some reason they're like pain medication they're twice as sensitive to so it's interesting um, right? i know in like north african or africans and is it north africans or, or all africans um typically have low white blood cells it's just a thing that we have um i've like been to the doctors and they're like oh you have low white blood cells i'm like should yeah. i be concerned like no I, um it's just it's just like I can't do anything about it. That's that's just what yeah. comes with, I guess, the race. So I typically yeah. have low blood pressure. The ideal blood pressure is going to be that one twenty range, right? That's like the beautiful yeah, magic I do too. box. I'm usually around one hundred five, one ten. So every time oh, I go like to a in new the 90s. doctor, are you really? <laughs> yeah, I always get asked yeah. if I'm an athlete, and I'm like, oh. Thank, oh, is that something that is that. common in athletes? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I didn't low know that. blood pressure. Or is it, it's low something. But whenever they check my blood pressure, I get asked if I'm an athlete, um, which I'm honored that they think that I'm so healthy. Uh, right. But yeah, no, mine is, it. I, one, sometimes they get nervous. Like I got a, um, it's, it can even get to the eighties. Sometimes a, a nurse was, was super scared and she was like, did you drive here? Are you okay? Are you dizzy? Like, I'm fine. It's just it's, how it is. Which is how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's I a trait born, though, because it's, it's, but yeah. it's a, it's like a, it's how you were born genetically. Like for example, I have, um, I I don't know. I guess people can't really tell unless you wear a specific type of clothing. But my rib cage sticks out no matter how. I mean, when I was two hundred pounds, you could see it. When I was a hundred pounds, you could see it. My rib cage just sticks out. It just does. It always has my whole life. I I think mm-hmm. most people on Patreon already know this, but I've developed a slight heart condition over the last year. And when I went to see one of my doctors, was a new doctor because we just moved to Nevada, and the technician was like unable to hook up the right sensor because my rib cage was in the way because it was sticking out. So she called Mr. Doctor and Mr. Doctor came in and he was like poking around and he was like, Oh, she has blah, blah, blah. You were a preemie, you were a preemie baby. Right. And I was like, yes. And he was like, yeah, she just has really tiny lungs. It's fine. And I was like, I just kind of stared at him. And he's like, he was like, I don't mean that as an, like an insult or anything I was like no 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 I'm just 33 years old and literally no one has ever been able to explain why I have these giant rib cages that stick out and you're just like oh you were a premature baby like I already know how to do it and he's like well I am a doctor um that's the good doctor then I'm like literally my whole life I've had these giant rib cages with no explanation and this guy is like oh she must be a preemie baby and it's like I was I was two months premature how did you know that but I think that there are genetic components involved in our own society that we can draw parallels to like those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the reason I've come up with the redhead one is because I don't think people realize that. I don't think that people realize that having red hair is very small minority. 
Yes, sorry. Well, it's it's one of the like unheard minorities, right? Nobody talks about redheads yeah. unless unless they're anti it because there's not as much like anti redhead as there used to be. But depending on the location, like depending so on the location in the world, like you're still gonna get some people that you know. It's it's know, one of those the, things like it's just the I concept <laughs> of not of like judging someone based on how they look is stupid yeah well I guess that's the definition of racism but anyways I think we got a little too deep right like yeah it's like okay <laughs> let's define discrimination um so Lamana admits that she did not kill Channery and that everything she did was for the better of Luna which we kind of already talked about right yeah can we talk and... about how like the difference between what because Lavana tells her that, oh, your your mom, your mother burned me. It was your mother that did that to me. Yeah. Um, and can we talk about like the irony of how what happened? How the, I guess, burn affected Lavana versus Cinder. Like it turned, made Lavana like all spiteful and full of hate. But I I don't want to say this like in a good way, but it could have saved Cinder in a way because she was taken and and didn't grow up on Luna. Um, she may have been just as evil as Lavana or her mother if she grew up in the palace. Um, well, we could talk about interesting. both yeah. aspects. So there's multiple aspects at play there. One, part of the reason Lavana was traumatized was because the trauma that she went through as a burn victim did not end after the burning. She spent her entire childhood, her entire adolescence, being the ugly twin or being the ugly princess because she was covered in these burns and she had to constantly every single day she doesn't get to see her own glamour basically right so she had to spend every single day looking at those burns and reliving that trauma consistently for she's 34 years old in this book I think she's 33 but then Cinder if Cinder had survived she would have lived on Luna in much the same fashion if she had survived yeah. and lived on Luna, she would have had, you know, the leg and the arm and all of these issues. But because she was yeah, in a way, Earth, her issues were with her cyborg. Cy- yeah, cyborg. I was going to say. Not her burns. She kind of like, had the nobody same. Nobody saw the burns. Yeah. She kind of, yeah. Had the, kind of had the same experience with, like, yes. discrimination, again, and, and the way people treated her because she was a yes. cyborg. Um. So they kind of went through the same thing. Uh, it's just different environments and how um, the other rea- like either reacted um, to to the I guess discrimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's just an interesting. Parallel. Yeah, it is an interesting parallel. There's another parallel here that um, I want to talk about. Love is a conquest. Love is a conquest mm-hmm. is something that was said both time, multiple times in Ferris by both Channery and Lavana. And I love that she tells Cinder, love is a conquest, love is a war, here's what I think of love. Because I've always loved that line that love is a conquest. Here's what I think of love because I feel like it's, it's jaded. It's, um, it's the words of a, a jaded person. It is someone who is pessimistic about the entire world. And you're, you're looking at this through the eyes of Cinder, who's pessimistic about certain aspects in the world, but to a point where she's like, well, this is what I have to do to change it. Whereas I feel like Lavana is like, well, this is what I have to do to make the situation work for me, right? Lavana was like, okay, Luna needs resources. How can we get resources? She could have opened up trade with you with um, Earth. She could have tried to start diplomacy. She could have put all of her effort into what Cinder might which what cinder has already talked about doing which is having like ambassadors and open trade and um immigration and immigration 
Whereas the other option, which is what Lavana did, she was like, well, I'm just going to start a plague and wait for them to get really weak and really desperate. And then I'm going to show up like a hero and they're going to give me whatever I want. I guess to be fair, I mean, I'm not saying what Lavana did was justified, but wasn't it? Weren't they trying to get a, like, I guess, agreements with Earth, but because of their their power and their glamour, um, a lot of people were cautious because they don't know if they're if 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 it's their free will to choose right. to, to do trade with with Luna or if it's well they're yeah that's hundred percent true yeah 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 and that goes all the way back to positions of power and can you ever have a, a safe and honest yeah. relationship with someone who has yeah, more power of, than you instead of going the route of trying to to um why can I think of the word in Arabic and <laughs> English? Uh, uh, I guess reassure um, the earthens and the like earthen leaders that they can trust them. Ivan is like, nope, let's just kill them all or kill them until they they're scared of us. If they're scared, kind of like, oh, they're they're already scared of us, so why might as well um, give them something to be scared about? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting There's... the the dynamic that it provides us as the reader, I think. In, in what way? Because we get to sort of analyze it as this side plot that's not needed. It's just for us. You know, it could just be like Lavana sucks and Lunar is bad. And these are the bad guys. But Marissa gives us a lot of complex concepts as to why they're the bad guys, right? Because we saw mm-hmm. firsthand on Luna how bad the aristocrats were, especially when we got to have those, like, visions with Scarlet, right? But then we also saw, like, how chill they could be when there was that town in Africa where it was, like, 15% of the population was Luna and they were all just like super chill. So well, I think yeah. we as the reader could sort of do our own study based on the, based on those components alone. Because for Afra was, it was evidence that yes, they can live in harmony and yeah. they don't have to be afraid of, of each other. Um, yeah. You're always going to have those people that, that are, um, vicious, vindictive, break the rules, harmful to others, but you're going to have that no matter what powers they do or don't have. The main component with Lunars is that they have an extra power, um, which we'll get to later in the book. I don't want to spend too much time on something that we can't just fully discuss because of spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So there's, oh, I was going to say there's another parallel of Lavana comparing herself to Cinder when she's like, oh, you're not like your mom. You're more like me. Yeah. And I do think she makes some good points, but she forgets the most important component, how Cinder cares for people, like genuinely cares, while Ivana has a delusional sort of like need for them to love her. Yes. It's less of she cares about them and more of... She cares uh, how they feel about her. Yeah. She craves that, that, that love quote love or respect or what it really is is fear yeah but yeah no you're right and I think that that's part of the problem Lavana has always had and Everett saw that within her in the very beginning Everett pointed out you know like if you're having trouble getting the outer sectors to like play ball maybe you should go out there and like introduce yourself and she's like I mean can I just put a statue up (laughs) Yeah, she she wants like, that love because she doesn't. She's never had it, but she doesn't know how to get it because she's never had it. Convoluted right. in a way. Yeah. Anyways, um, Thorin <laughs> Thorn is still this, here in the room, right? Thorin has this beautiful line where he says, "Tell Chris I meant it," and then he's like, "I'm gonna jump off." And um, no, I like how he calls. He's like, "I'm gonna call your bluff." I, and it's like, it turns out he was like just standing there the entire time the two of them were like having their evil villain speech moment. 
Um, he was just like trying to get out of his his little binding, which I thought was really clever. Like, I'll let you guys be in your feels. Levana tries to use Thorn to attack Cinder, and that's when Crush shows up, and she shoots the gun out of Thorn's hand, and then he immediately is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and Cinder's like, yeah, can you shoot the queen? Shoot the queen. Well, she said that, but but if if she didn't shoot Thorn, Thorn might have shot her. Exactly! (laughs) I'm on Crush's side. Yeah. Like are you gonna are you gonna shoot the person that yes is evil but is not doing like I mean I guess yeah, she's that's the one true. controlling Thorn. <laughs> well but it's kinda she like what they No, this is um yeah. this is exactly what we saw in the battle where Cinder was like focus on the thaumaturges, not the the lunars. The lunars are being controlled by the thaumaturges. We don't wanna kill innocent people, we don't know who's making those decisions kill the thaumaturges this is the same yeah. thing Levana is the one yes. doing the controlling don't attack the puppet attack the puppet master so thorin ends up stabbing crest in the stomach and we all die of heartbreak can we talk about thorn for a second like he <laughs> before this happens he just he was so like chill that he just might clearly die he was he without even confessing his love to crest he 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 never really got the chance to fully yeah he was ready to to, he he was ready to go yeah and then like i i I would like to think that while like maybe he had a whole extent existential crisis when when he was waiting for cinder and like cutting through his bindings and he accepted his fate um but then we see we see when he does like almost fall, he did had generally look scared, so his facade kind of slipped. Yeah, that's true. But then, but then he 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 stabs Chris, which <laughs> is great, and that's when his facade completely crumbles. I think that what we need to acknowledge here is everything about Thorns everything about Thorns personality that is different in this moment than the Thorn we met who was goofing off on a port screen and starting riots over soap. <laughs> because <laughs> because I feel like the Scarlet Thorn could never. I feel mm-hmm, like Thorn yeah. But he, he, Thorn, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, it is a hill I will climb every single day. Thorn has the most character growth out of everyone in this entire series. That is not me saying that nobody else had character growth. Don't come at me in emails saying, well, what about Aiko doing this? Or what about Cinder doing this? Everybody has character growth. I'm not diminishing that. But Thorn goes from spoiled brat who stole a ship, committed treason, and started a soap riot because he was grumpy about being in prison to, I'm going to literally die to save my girlfriend and my bestie and my other bestie with the red hair and that wolf guy that she sometimes makes out with. Like, those are two completely different people. He has huge character growth and what we have to remember is that although we've been doing this podcast for four and a half years this series takes place in four months four months yeah he he found the people that was worth it to him yeah 100 percent i genuinely think that i don't think that the thorn that we knew in the beginning, would have done this. I I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. It's nice to see that character growth. It is. Because also it's a side character. You know, side characters don't get a lot of, of growth. We get a lot of We get so much not like not non-character growth, but like you get it's the main characters. We're gonna see growth in Cinder. We just are. 
we're going to see this growth in Scarlet, in Crest, in Winter. And even Kai, to a certain extent, you could say is probably like, like if we're going to itemize who are the most main characters, like if we were going to put them in order, it would be like, of course, the girls. We have Cinder, we have Scarlet, we have Crest, we have Winter. I think out of all the guys, the main character would be Kai. Kai goes from spoiled mm-hmm. prince, right, to emperor, and and a valid and, um, you know, a little complicated but very effective emperor by the end of this book. So I would say out of out of all the guys, you know, he's probably the, quote, main character, and yet we have Thorin who has this huge character growth and this huge development, and he's just a side character. Marissa didn't have to put that much into him, but she did. And I mean, part of that is probably for us as the reader, because it's a book. This isn't a spoiler. Obviously, they're going to end up happily ever after. Come on. Come on. But none of us are going to let him fall in love with Cress if he's still that, like, douchey soap revolution guy. <laughs> none of us are going to be cool with that. We're going to be like, come on, Cress deserves better. <laughs> so we have to have him go through he, the growth. He, his, his growth even started to develop when he, when he admitted to Cress. He's like, I'm not that type of guy that you that you think yep. I am. Yep. But he wanted to become that guy. And, and that's he did. a huge deal. That's I'm huge. Cry. I'm not good at start sobbing. Yeah. Just like he, this was after he stabbed her. Cress is like dangling from his arm. Like imagine the desperation. She's dangling from his arm. I I know that's like just one line that she wrote. No, but, but it's, it's like just, it was it's you're talking so, about the woman that he we know he loves her because he said it to the lunar version of her because he thought it was her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we know that he has that that affection for her, and now he's attacking her against his will. And we saw this in the last chapter, or a couple chapters ago, I should say, we saw Winter using Scarlet's body to kill Amory. And we talked about how it turns Scarlet into, like, a, a side murderer somehow like a like a puppet murderer but it's Amory so you know our sympathy level is pretty low Mm -hmm. rapist torturer guy not on my list of people to save okay Thorn and Crest however like that just yeah exactly exactly (laughs) I like Crest so much in this chapter too because she she also had a lot of growth yeah Crest from like the crest that we knew in the beginning would would not even touch a gun, let alone shoot her crush or now her like boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lavana is weak and tired, and she's starting to lose control of Thorn and Justin. Scarlet and Wolf show up, and Scarlet is immediately under Lavana's control, but Wolf can't be controlled. Um, and I think that's where our I don't know why ends. Scarlet keeps getting herself in this situation. It just girl, do not have a, yeah, ago. like just do not have a gun in your hand, girl. Like never have a weapon. All right, just no weapons for Scarlet, girl. <laughs> I, you know how like we had that battle scene where Jason saw all this armaturges and like immediately took off all his weapons. He's like, all right, no gun, no knife, no belt. We need Scarlet to be doing that. <laughs> Scarlet. Yeah, no. no. She's just she's just <laughs> no like axe. walking around no with that with the axe yes. being like, come away, go away from <laughs> Leave me she go picks away. Up axe. Yeah, exactly. What's even like more frustrating is it just happened twice to her. Like a few chapters or more like minutes to her, like minutes ago. And then she's like, Let me go find Lavana, the strongest yeah. um lunar out here and fight her. Oh, gosh. I don't know how much time you spend at dog parks, but there's always that dog that weighs five pounds that walks right up to the Great Dane like, I will kill you. Like. <laughs> I mean, not dogs, but that's my cat. She she tries to attack my leg. Maybe she doesn't know how hard she is, like rough she is when she's trying to play. Um, But it's like, I can literally kick you off me, but that hurts. So please stop. Like the size difference. Yeah. Also, I wonder how interesting this chapter would be in 
in Thorn or Cress's perspective? I would love it in um, I would love it in Wolf's perspective, right? Actually, well, maybe the next one more, but um, I would love it in the perspective of sort of an outsider who's seeing and uh, emotionally invested. Like, imagine being Wolf or Scarlet or Kai or Aiko, and you walk in that mm-hmm. room and Cinder and Lavana are going at it. Thorns running around stabbing people. Cress is biting people and shooting people. There's like blood coming out of Cinder's stomach. There's blood coming out of Cress's stomach. Thorn is like, blah. Cress is like, blah. Like, just imagine <laughs> walking in that room and being like, I don't and even like, know where to start. Please stop attacking like, me. I do not know. Like, if I walked in that room, I would be like, hi, hi, where do I start? Who? Who do I go to first? And keep in mind, these are a bunch of 16 to 20-year-olds. Right. Like, like imagine being the adult in that situation and trying to, like, triage the situation and trying to figure out, like, where do I start? What's the most... I mean, Levana is the adult in that situation. Levana is not an adult. <laughs> I mean, in the room. She is the yeah, adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. But she's the one <laughs> causing all this. So maybe an adult isn't the... Is it the right term? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about our um, song titles for this one. What did you have for your, your song titles? Oh, okay. This one's like really cringy or bad. I couldn't think of anything. So I chose this song called We Might Fall by Gas Gasly and Matthew Coma. Mainly because Thorne's about to fall or he almost fell. Um, yeah, it doesn't really get to do with the chapter at all, other than that one section. Um, trying to look at the lyrics. Uh, I guess there's this lyric that says, I want you to be honest. Are you scared of heights? It could be Thorne calling out Lavana's bluff, and she's like, okay, see how you like heights. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my song. (laughs) Song choice. I like it. My song choice is They Both Reached for the Gun from Chicago the Musical. Um, And this is the exact reason. You guys know how much I love lyrics and I go into depth about lyrics. No, the only reason I chose that song is because the line in that song (laughs) is They Both Reached for the Gun. And I thought it worked really well with them both reaching for the gun. There's nothing else that I've I like At least we both. There's like nothing else in the song that works. I just was like, they both reached for the gun, the gun, the gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they both went super literal. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your quote. Okay, you took my favorite quote, but it's okay. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I probably took everybody's my favorite second quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, my second choice was uh, on page seven fifty. Uh, where uh, this is when Scarlet and Wolf, I think, come in and Cinder thinks more weapons, more potential enemies, more people she loved that Lavana could take from her. Um, like, I love sentences that are in threes. So that's that's the reason why I picked this quote. And um, it's just, even though they're in this really super tense moment, Cinder does confirm that she loves all these people. And as though she she needs to achieve this goal she doesn't want to lose them and that's something really really important to her um, so yeah that's my quote I like that one though I think you still chose a good quote yeah so I chose tell Cress I meant to duh <laughs> yeah. I don't I, yeah well I guess we could talk no, about what do we it. think he meant Right. What did he mean? He meant that he loved her. He meant it when he said he yeah. loved her. When he told the Yeah, because he brushed it girl, off. Girl, I think I love you. Yeah. He doesn't think he knows. Press asked him about it and he was like, Oh yeah, scratch the back of my neck and be awkward. That's not what happened. Ah. <laughs> That's the the line that broke all our hearts. You know, one of the best possible. But now you can tell her, if if they (laughs) make it out alive. 
Hi, I'm Chloe. And I'm Skye, and we are some of the cast of the Lunar Chronicles audio drama. Our audio drama takes Marissa Meyer's best-selling series and brings it to life with immersive soundscapes and incredible voice actors. During the periods our seasons air, new episodes are up every Saturday on our YouTube channel. Be sure to stay up to date on our Instagram and TikTok to be notified if a season is currently active. Uh, we'll also share fun extras there like get to know yous with the cast, games, and much more. We hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. So, really quick overview. Chapter 90 is very short. Cinder tries to immediately backtrack, and she's like, okay, sorry, Scarlet," and slaps her with her metal hand. Finally. Could she not love do that it. before? Love it. I love Scarlet. I do. Yeah. But, like, if I had that metal hand and I was fighting somebody, sorry, you're getting slapped. Why did she not try that with Thorn? She didn't want to hurt take her him. so long. She doesn't want to yeah. hurt her friends. Like, too, we're not in a position to care about that anymore, girl. If I had a metal hand, I would be <laughs> blocking people. So Wolf comes in, and he's the savior we all need, right? He can't be controlled, so he's like, all right. Uh, instead of attacking Cinder, I'm just going to rescue Scarlet. And then I'm going to take Thorn and Cress out of the equation, too. Lavana's not even bothering with her glamour anymore. She's like, yep, this is what I look like. Um, Lavana has never actually held a gun before because she always has somebody else pulling the trigger. Uh, they have a little back and forth of like, you shoot, no, you shoot, no, you shoot, no, you shoot. I just want to be pretty. And then Cinder shoots Lavana, <laughs> and then Kai shows up, and then Cinder takes a nap. That's basically this chapter. Yeah. Okay. Let's very talk about very this. well summarized. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Um, I love Wolf. Wolf is our definitely our unsung hero of this chapter, right? Wolf comes yeah. in and is like, "I'm gonna save the day and look good doing it." <laughs> yeah, and Cinder's like, "Oh no, he's gonna attack me too," and he's just no like nah, no girl. He, he only he only has eyes for he's scarlet like, he's, he's like you are wolf. not my problem you are lavana's problem i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what he does he just he just picks up the his yes. little, little comrades yeah like you deal like, with her come on let's go home like stop throwing a temper tantrum let the grown-ups handle this <laughs> so lavana's this is a, something I really want to talk about. Lovana's glamour disappears. And Cinder says that she is a monster within, but it's not because of her scars. Do we think that it's because she's just completely unhinged at this point and you can see it in her physical appearance? Oh, that's so interesting. I can oh, totally imagine you. that now. Like the, the, the red eyes, her like eyes popping out. Yep. And... Like her hair in in like tatters, sweat coming off her brow. Yeah, her, her eyebrows breasts. probably like permanently furrowed in a in a scowl. Yeah, like big frowny face. Dress like a mess. Yeah, yeah, wrinkled <laughs> dress, like not just a messy, you know, like wrinkled, so you can tell that it's not in the pristine condition it was when she put it on. Yeah, hundred percent. So, Lavana has never used a gun before, and Cinder tries to pull the trigger and can't. Let's talk about this gift. Uh, once again, we have people who have a physical body that they could use with their mind, and they're still like, okay, but the gift. So, the only yeah, thing instead is of trying to shoot each other, they're both using the glamour to yeah. shoot them like to force yeah. the other to shoot themselves to force the, yes isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah like just don't control the glamour just shoot her <laughs> just, but it <laughs> no but like just shoot her uh, well i mean her her hand is is kind of glamoured and preoccupied but right. i think it's also such a good image like again if you were to imagine it it just if 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 this were to ever get made into a movie or anything oh god can you imagine the like cut screens they would have that, yeah yeah like where, just like you know how sometimes them... they'll do like a cut screen and it'll be like a diagonal cut screen and on the left you'll see like Lavana's face with the gun and on the right you would see like Cinder's face with the gun and they would both have like sweat pouring down and there would be music yeah. in the background Lavana's probably on the ground but I imagine 
if I were to imagine this, I imagine them both standing up and like eye level, face to face, and they both my camera's not on, but like they both have like their like guns pointed at their head and they're just like sweat off their brow and they're yeah. staring at each other and they're just like <laughs> like who's gonna bleak first? If it was me, I'd be more concerned about glamoring my like hand away. Cause no. Lavana surrenders. She says, Fine, you win. I just want to be pretty again. Let me be beautiful. That's so I don't know. It's so like not a powerful line, but like so No, it is a powerful line. It's it's this evident is... of Lavana. There's two things that happen in this moment. One, Lavana breaks down and admits the truth. She loves the power that comes with being queen. She loves getting to do what she thinks is best for her country and her, quote, planet. But at the end of the day, Lavana on the inside is always going to be the ugly princess. And so on the outside, she always wants to be beautiful. And I think in this moment, there are multiple things running through her head. But one of those things is, if I'm going to die, at least let me die beautifully. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, yeah. like wants to have her glamour, like the strength to turn her glamour back on. But we also see that this was kind of a fake out because Cinder is like, oh, you poor thing. You don't know love or beauty and you probably never will. And Lavana's like, yeah, exactly. And then as soon as Cinder turns around, she's like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> okay. Um, I just thought of this really quickly when they're both like marrying each other it reminded me when Lavana tried to force Cinder to kill herself at the ball remember in, in book one yeah what do we think would have happened if that happened like if she was successful like Ooh. I don't think if she just murdered an innocent just an innocent on earth and grounds I don't think she would get away with that I think the war would have erupted a lot quicker just, I don't know. Sorry, that was totally off topic. No, I think, I, I think <laughs> that you're right. I think that there's certain, um, I think that there's certain elements here at play that that would have made a lot of. Because would it matter if if nobody knew like who Cinder was? I think that's the thing. It would matter more because it would be like, why did you just kill this this innocent side like sure she's a cyborg but it just isn't right then and i guess lavana could could um uh what's the word prove that she's lunar and be like oh she's right. lunar. i was just taking her out for you um but i think that would have caused a lot of tension and probably even war because she can't just go up killing people like get invited to a ball and just start shooting people because that's their one sense of security just slipped away um, to just see her murder someone and control someone to murder themselves. Yeah. To just shoot themselves. But I do think she would have won the war a lot more easily if if it was at that point. That's just my take on it. But no, I think that you're right happen. about that. I think you're I think you're right yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be pretty. I'm done fighting you. And then Cinder's like, okay. And Lavana's like, just kidding. Stab, stab. And gets her right in the heart. And then Cinder is like, and okay. And she just twists it. She yeah. has the energy to twist. <laughs> How and, deranged is this woman? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Cinder shoots Lavana. And then she sees all the stars and galaxies painted on the ceiling. And then Kai shows up and is like, not my girlfriend, you bitch. And then Cinder passes out. And then that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> if anybody is listening, that was a Harry Potter reference. From where? That sounds so familiar. Because at the end, Molly Weasley said, not my daughter, you bitch. So I just changed it yeah. to girlfriend. <laughs> I was thinking of, I don't know if it was a Vine or a TikTok, but it was, um, oh. Okay, I can't think of it. But it was something along the lines of that, like someone being like, 
okay, sorry, this is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Let's pretend I didn't say anything. Um, but I do, I do like picturing Kai just if if Lavana was not if um Cinder did not shoot Lavana yet, um, because she she raised the gun on fire. I like to think that Kai ran in and just like backhanded Lavana, like no, just like you said. Yeah, I think you're right. I like the idea of um, anything that that, <laughs> that would, you know, like, yeah, I think that all would be very interesting to me. It's yeah. interesting to talk about, too. I keep saying the word interesting, but um, even just talking about it is like, well, what if this happened or what if that happened or what if this happened? And it's like, that's one of the things I love so much about the podcast Mm-hmm. Yeah, just imagining um, if something went differently or speculations, you can spend an hour on one chapter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so let's say? talk about our song choices for this one. Okay. Okay. So it was interesting that you mentioned soundtracks. Um, a little. Uh, a little bit ago. Yeah, a little bit ago, because yeah. my song choice has very few words. It's called Goodbye to a World by Porter Robert Robert Robinson. Highly suggest you listen to this. Um, and I feel like it could be the ultimate song that can cover all the all the chapters that we covered. Because um, when I listened to it, when I first listened to it, I imagined this scene. Um, like... Uh, it it has like this I guess techno techno um feel to it and has like a an android like voice um singing some of the words uh and um did I I don't think I wrote any of the lyrics but uh it's I essentially saying like quick. goodbye look on that. yeah let me goodbye to a world okay so some of the lyrics are um thank you i'll say goodbye soon though it's the end of the world don't blame yourself now and if it's true i will surround you and give you life to a world that's our own um because it's i feel like it's just like a good conclusion to to this big battle and i just like imagine like crest like it's it could be a movie scene like like the difference between like crest running through the halls um wolf like run wolf and scarlet Cinder trying to convince Lavana to back down, Thorn yeah. falling, and the end of the, um, the end of the song ends with like a, I guess like a kind of robotic like voice, and I imagine that as like Cinder in a way with her cyborg interface dying down because she, she does like get stabbed, and and the chapter ends with with like her like he's, things like get fading away to her. Um, we don't know what happens to her, but I just, I think it's just such a good, like, song choice. I really hope it gets picked, but we'll see. I just, it just seems like a good soundtrack to these chapters, and it has, like, that, that like, cyborg techno theme that I imagine would go really well with, with this type of story. But yeah. Yeah, what do you think of that? What do you think of the um what do you think of the concept that you kind of create when you do something like that? If you come up with a song and you're like, you know what, this song covers everything that just happened. When you listen to stuff like that, do you immediately connect to it like, oh, this is the perfect song for all those chapters, or do you put in like, do you have to go out and find a song? Oh, okay, so I think, well, I mean, okay, so so chapter, I think the chapter that we just covered, I couldn't find a song for, um, so that that one I looked for, um, but yeah, there are some times where I listen to a song like this, matches yeah. perfectly. I know when I, I listened to this song, like, years ago, and I connected it with with these chapters, I think it's by chance, like, I wanted to I, I like these. These are like some of my favorite chapters in general, which is why I wanted to cover them. Um, and I was really excited to select this as my song choice because these were the chapters that, that I was like 
imagining when listening to the song. Um, so yeah, like the, I guess it goes both ways. Like if there's a song that I listen to, I can connect it. I guess that's what like playlists for for books are for. Um, when you imagine a certain scene or like a certain Which character. Yeah, and that's what we do with these song choices. And if you're listening yeah. and you're you're curious, all of the song choices that we pick do go into a playlist. You can find them on Spotify or you can go to our website where there's a link. So there's a song, every yeah. title, the song choice that wins the little poll that we put on on the Patreon gets put on a playlist. Which is why I really hope this gets picked. Right? So mine mm-hmm. was Kill the Queen by Blacklight Burn. It doesn't, a lot of it doesn't have a have the deepest connections but you cannot reason with the one who wears the crown so they leave us with no choice but to shut this engine down it's high time we left the hive these worker bees must kill the queen you've mourned your slaves you've wanted you've wanted us like flowers pissed on us like graves you want out our votes guns in our backs knives at our throats so it doesn't work perfectly right but there are a lot of components not a lot actually if it doesn't work perfectly Bethany that's how that works there are a couple components that I think fit appropriately like you can't trust the one who wears the crown so it's teaching you to to respect authority but question authority as well um if they are misusing their power you're supposed to shut it down i mean that's every re- revolution in in the world but that's like the very foundations that america was supposed to be founded on i think that the important line there is the slaves because lavana does have slaves and that's not something that's talked about enough when people talk about how evil she is i think so mm-hmm. yeah yeah what were you gonna say <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so bad at cutting people off so i'm very sorry i did that no you're okay um, but when I saw Kill the Queen, it made me think of a perfect song, Killer Queen. Um, I think it's by Queen. Killer yeah. Queen by Queen. Yeah. I think it would have worked for chapter, not chapter two, <laughs> chapter 89. Um, I just, like the title when you said Kill the Queen, Killer Queen. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just thought of that. And it was just like a moment. So I like the idea because when you're looking at it phonetically, or not phonetically, visually, if you were like looking at chapter titles and you saw this chapter and it was actually titled Kill the Queen or Killer Queen, I think it would be a nice setup. It tells you what's going to happen in the chapter. But a lot of times when books (laughs) have chapter titles, that's what they do anyways. Yeah, it's like a foreshadowing. Exactly. Like if you're reading Harry Potter and there's a chapter called The Leaky Cauldron and you've never heard of this bar and you've never been to this bar, but you open the chapter and it says The Leaky Cauldron and then the little picture is an image of a bar sign that says Leaky Cauldron. You could probably be like, oh, I wonder what The Leaky Cauldron is. I mean, (laughs) it's it's a spoiler because you haven't read the chapter, but you can use context clues. They're like mini spoilers, but they're exactly. chapters, so it's like they're like. See, one this chapter. is a good one. You want to read it. You want to read it. Okay. Oh, do you want to go first since your yours is directly before is right before mine? Oh, sure. Okay. So mine was a shadow passed in front of her eyes, brown eyes filled with terror, messy black hair, lips every girl in the Commonwealth had admired a thousand times. It's Kai, you guys. Her boyfriend's there. Oh, my God. So swoon. That's it. I just thought it was so cute. I was like, all of this trauma, and then it's like, Kai's here. Nap time. And her first thought is, like, those lips. <laughs> Kiss me, why don't you? It's so it's so Cress of her, right? Because Cress is like, oh, we're about to die. That means we got to we gotta get this makeout session going, because that's what they do in movies. <laughs> No, yeah, Cinder started off like, no, like, I can't believe you, like, like, guys, like this guy. I'm totally, I totally like, don't like the a... prince. Who cares? And then he shows up. She's like, oh. But yeah, okay. Mine is right after um, Kai looked at her. We know it's Kai. The wound, the knife handle, the blade still buried. She saw his mouth forming her name, and he, tur- he turned and screamed something 
over his shoulder, but his voice was lost to her, so loud, but far, far, far away. Uh. This is what I was talking about, like the fading away, the far away, but it's okay because he's there and he's going to take care of her, I hope. Right. Yep. So Patreon members will get to vote for chapter titles. Next time we're going to cover 91 and 92. Sumaya, where can people find you if they would like to do so? Okay. I have an Instagram and it is... S-O-U-S-O-U-A-Y-A underscore. And it's it's my personal Instagram, but I sometimes post book reviews if anyone's interested in that. And if I ever travel. Um, and yeah, and if anyone wants, I also have a Pinterest that I like to use for my stories if ever, anyone's interested in seeing some of my Pinterest stories and that's just my name um good luck finding it if anyone cares <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that's me that's funny it's like good luck finding you but if you want to here's a here's an assignment for everybody the links for all of our fan artists will be in the show notes please remember to rate review and subscribe check out the patreon there's new perks on there i'm actually getting ready to start sending out my swag bags and swag boxes soon i think that one is either next month or in december so that's exciting thank you for being here and for coming on to the podcast and for being my friend yes I'm honored um, that you want me here. <laughs> very fun. All right, Prince Kai Sam Pod fans. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. The passages discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. And today's special guest was Sumaya Haji. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Popo, and the logo art was created by Sunlight Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.